Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range. Or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double-breasted black blazer from a new-to-me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style-obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman-owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to About Progress. I'm Monica Packer, a regular mom and recovering perfectionist who uncovered the truest model to dramatic but lasting personal growth. It's progress made practical. Join us to leave the extremes behind and instead learn how to do something to grow in ways that stick. Women love to blame themselves when they fail at habits, and I'm here to tell you that it's not your fault. To learn the number one reason why women must do habits differently, sign up for my free class of the same name at aboutprogress.com slash habit class. Again, it's totally free. A few weeks ago, an old friend paid me a visit. The thing is, this friend used to be around a lot, but I never liked them. In fact, they were kind of the worst. I worked really hard to make them not come around very often, if at all. This friend is insomnia. (laughs) I woke up at 3.30 a.m. a couple weeks ago, couldn't fall back asleep the rest of the night, and that's been continuing to happen off and on. Why? Because my mind has been racing over all I need to do. My mind is burdened with overwhelm over the upcoming transitions we have to our family and the new year. In other words, I've been experiencing anxiety. 
I know that I'm not alone in this experience, of course, whether we are similarly overwhelmed by an increase in our upcoming schedules or feeling inadequate with our, our responsibilities, or maybe just straight up feeling anxiety for no apparent reason. And can we just say that is the absolute worst? We all know what it's like to find ourselves ruminating over a future we can't control. I feel like I know the rhythms of worry this community feels because I feel them too. So I predicted that the coming new year, with all its promises, also easily brings a lot of anxiety too. That's why I invited my friend and fellow podcaster, Kimberly Quinlan, on the podcast. Kimberly is a licensed marriage and family therapist and coach who specializes in compassionate, science-based treatment for OCD, anxiety disorders, and eating disorders. She's the host of My Anxiety Toolkit, a super popular podcast, and was a guest on About Progress in May of 2020, in one of our most popular episodes yet, in fact. In this interview, you will hear Kimberly break down why we find ourselves ruminating over the near future and how we can face the new year with more clarity and confidence and less anxiety. Kimberly, it's so great to have you back on About Progress. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. This is a topic that is so timely, not just in terms of the actual landscape of time, but also for me personally, the new year, it's approaching and it's fast approaching. And we all have lots of feelings about the new year. Some of us are excited. Some of us are apathetic. Some of us are anxious. Some of us are like, meh, you know, but no matter what, we all have feelings but we want to speak to the people who are more anxious about the new year for a variety of reasons. And I wanted to know why you think people find themselves, especially anxious with this transition into a new year. This is such a great topic. In fact, I have found that this is actually the the highest time people are looking for like an anxiety specialist, right? Because the onset of the new year, you know what the new year's like. It's all like from a marketing perspective, it's like, what diet are you going to go on? It's not, are you going to go on? It's like, which one, you know, or, you know, what, what's your resolution going to be, you know, or how much money did you spend over the holidays and how are you going to recover from that, you know, or how, you know, how do you cope with the starting a new job or starting a new school? So I think that it's a period of time where general anxiety is so high. And once you add that cultural and societal expectation of what New Year is supposed to represent, that can sort of tip us over into like, you know, really problematic degrees of anxiety. What do you find people plugging in there? The New Year represents that can change. relate. Okay. Change. It's change, but it's a gen. I mean, l- listen. The self-help community is at its strongest it's ever been. And the push is you've got to do more and be better, right? Which is wonderful. I want to be more and do better. Like that's wonderful. Except when that's the only message you're getting year round, Mm -hmm. right? Like more, better, get stronger, get faster, right? Get healed is another Mm. big one. Like let's heal you as if there's something we need to heal from. When that's happening year round, you can only imagine the additional pressure that that's supposed to start at this like timestamp, the first of the year. And that 
creates a lot of anxiety and um, anticipatory anxiety for people in like, mm. what is the goal? What should it be? Is Am I picking the right one? Will it get me the right goal? Will I stand by and stick with it? So there's, there's so many pieces that are, that are anxiety provoking and coming off the holidays, we're usually pretty triggered <laughs> family. Yeah. We're triggered. And often we, we, it's not helpful to make big year long decisions from a place of being triggered or going into a triggered period or season. I did not even think of that element, but of course. Yeah. So you, so you have heightened expectations and you have lowered faculties yeah. <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. And you're you're more likely to be dysregulated. But, you know, we all regress over the holidays. I don't know anyone. No one can be healed enough in my mind where they go home to family and they don't regress a little because it's triggering, right? And so I think that as a as a season, I'm not talking about the holiday season, I'm just talking about a season in general. As a season, it's probably not the best time to make resolutions. Mm, yeah. It's, and and I think you've got to catch, you know, I'm an eating disorder recovered. I know I've talked with you about that in the past is it's, it's not a time to make goals, particularly knowing that the marketing and the societal goals are going to be pushing yeah. thinness and success and beauty and, you know, all of those things that are constantly fed to us throughout the year. That awareness is so important alone, right? The people yeah. do want your money. Yeah. You know, and at the same time, like I love a season of change. I, I think I've shifted my expectations of what change can look like. So that's why it feels more hopeful. But for years, it was not a hopeful yeah. place. It was everything you described. So let's, let's talk about how anxiety for the new year can change our behaviors moving into the new year. And I was curious from your expertise, what you see that actually looking like. So this is more so people can pay attention and be able yeah. to recognize, oh, I'm falling into that trap or, oh, yeah. I'm feeling this way, even though I didn't realize I was. Right. So in general, there are, when a human brain interprets danger or concern or a lack of safety, we call that anxiety, right? Your brain is interpreted there to be a perceived danger. And what our brain does is it sends out some hormones to your body to prepare you for this perceived danger. And I say mm -hmm. perceived, meaning it doesn't have to be dangerous. Your brain just has to perceive it that way. So the new year could be a perceived danger in our mind if there's a lot of anxiety or fear or pressure or expectations associated to that. When that happens, we prepare for either fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, mm -hmm. right? These are behaviors we engage in to reduce or remove the anxiety that we have. Now, what does that look like? In general, we will often engage in what we call safety behaviors. These are not, there's no judgment for you doing these. Everybody does them and we can do them in different degrees. So one is just straight up avoidance. Yeah. Right. Like it's too overwhelming. My brain has set off an alarm. I'm just going to shut it down. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing it. Not even going to think about it. Don't want to 
don't want to want to consider it. And that to some degree can be helpful, but usually too much avoidance means you're you're ending up falling behind on things. It's impacting on your functioning. Another safety behavior that we may do is the opposite end, which is to be in perfectionism, right? Or people pleasing, right? And we're doing that to control the environment Hmm. so that we don't have to experience our own anxiety, right? This happens in the holidays. It doesn't work. And it's exhausting, right? Mm -hmm. That the people who go into people pleasing or perfectionism often are, you know, exhausted and beat themselves up because you can't really maintain perfectionism and people pleasing. It's actually not that well controlled, even though it feels like (laughs) you're in control. You're actually out of control often when you're doing Mm. those behaviors and that can actually increase the amount of anxiety that you experience another one is we do a form of people pleasing which is called reassurance seeking which is where we consult with a lot of people or we consult with google on whether we should or shouldn't do a certain thing and that can be in the form of over researching a lot of people do a ton of like you know, how many people spend, how have I heard who have anxiety, who would say like, oh, well, I, you know, I feel, I feel pressure to lose weight for the new year. So I'm going to set that goal. It's not even in line with their values, but then they spend 12 or 14 hours researching whether mm-hmm. they should get an elliptical or a bike, <laughs> yes. you know, like, or, you know, or mm-hmm. should, you know, what should I take a French class or a Spanish class or so forth. Like it could be simple like that, or it could be like, oh, should I leave my job? And they spend a lot of time. And then the the other big one is, it is hard to catch, but it's probably the most problematic, which is just simple rumination. Mm. Sometimes when we are anxious, we, because we don't feel like we have control and there's so much uncertainty, we just get stuck in a cycle of rumination. And we, in the moment that we're ruminating, you might say, why would we put ourselves through that? But the thing is, when you're ruminating, it gives you a false sense of control. And so we feel like we're solving the problem, but we're actually not, right? We're actually creating so much more and generating so much suffering. And so there are things to look out for and be aware of as you move through the holidays and into the new year. And I actually always encourage people like have that be the thing that you're focusing on, just catching and and you don't have to beat yourself up. Just be like, wow, I caught myself ruminating there. Like, isn't that interesting how, you know, I wasn't sure how a certain person might perceive me. So then I spent 12 minutes ruminating on all the options, right? And just catching that alone can be huge. And that's why we are airing this (laughs) mid-December, you know, so people can pay attention to that. And I'll I'll refresh their memory here. You talked about safety behaviors being some of them being avoidance, Mm -hmm. perfectionism, people pleasing, reassurance seeking, and rumination. Mm -hmm. I love that your, your, your tip there is to just start with being able to identify when yeah. it's happening yeah. and notice it because otherwise I think we go down that shame spiral mm-hmm. 
of blaming ourselves for even Mm -hmm. acting this way, Mm -hmm. especially if we're in the avoidant behavior. I think we tend to double down on the shame there, but none of these are functioning. None of these are working. So now let's move towards the people who are like, I've identified it. (laughs) I know what's going on. So now what do I do? How do I still move forward with like the possibility of a new year, but not the anxiety? Right. Sometimes there's a couple of models you could use. So you could first really look at first identifying your values, right? Is that's, I always say to people like, don't make a goal list for the new year. Don't make a resolution list. Like just get really good at knowing what your values are and they will guide you for the rest of the year, right? If you're stuck in a situation where you don't know what to do, don't consult with fear, consult with values. What do you value? What would the non-anxious you do in this Mm. situation? And that in and of itself can be such a quick transaction, right? It goes from being like back and forth and trying to figure it out to just being like, okay, I, I, the new year's approaching, what values do I want to honor this year? And Mm. it doesn't have to be a goal. It doesn't have to be a set of activities that you start engaging in. It's just every day I'm going to check in on how am I doing with the value of my health or the value of family or the value of my spirituality, my value to be a good citizen. Like there's no right. Don't even, and again, don't even get hyper moral about values. Like your value, this, like, I'll tell you, I've probably said this once before to somebody is one year, my value was to care less. <laughs> like that was my biggest, like That's we could awesome. call it a resolution. Like it was to care less because I was caring to a degree that was debilitating. Mm. And so I just was at the value of lightness and a little bit of carefreeness, right? Yeah. That was the value. And I had that lead me through the holidays and into the new year and all of my anxiety melted away. Right. Incredible. You know, it doesn't have to be grand is another huge piece here. I'm going to encourage you to check in social media and comparison um, can really get us to thinking that we need to be grand. Yeah. Like I'm just so tired of having to be grand. Like it's just, <laughs> yes, I'm over it. Like I'm so tired of having to be and having the message of like, even as a therapist and as a coach myself, even as like this idea of like, be your best self. I'm like, no, nah, like that's too grand for us human beings. Like that's you. anxiety provoking. Let's actually just de- like, let's catch the narrative there and just be like, and do- and the, the last piece is, is it helpful Okay. Is it helpful? Is this the thing you're anxious about? Right? The the this outcome that you're afraid of because remember fear is always about future. Mhm. Right? It's always about the thing you don't want to happen in the future or a feeling you might have to feel that you don't want to feel in the future. And and your your job is to go is it helpful for me to try and continue to attain that? Is it even attainable? Right? And then from there, where do we land? Sometimes I want to honor something that we don't talk about enough is when it comes to the new year, and this was true for me, I'll I'll share an example is when I had an eating disorder, the most powerful I ever felt was the day I set the diet. That was a powerful day. I Mm -hmm. felt so in control. I felt like 
I, it was so hopeful, you know what I mean? And the year that I decided, or my therapist and I had decided against that, I actually had to grieve a lot of stuff that year, mm-hmm. right? When we don't push and we don't set all these unrealistic goals, I actually had to grieve sort of the idea of losing the grand, high achieving, perfect, you know, look at how amazing that person is because she can achieve her goal. Like I had to do some grieving of that and let some feelings show up. And and some people, that's that in and of itself is, is hard. So I just want to make sure people understand as we acknowledge and step away from fear and instead we sort of do behaviors based on values, you might have some other feelings show up. and But that's okay. More tips coming after the break. Do you have some bad habits that you would really like to work on? The truth is we all do. And another truth is that they all look different for every single one of us. Bad habits are pretty darn complicated. What can be a bad habit for me might be a good habit for you and vice versa. I have some good news for those of you who are still really ready to dig into conquering their bad habits. And it's that I'm adding a new bonus module to my course, The Sticky Habit Method. This module is called Bad Habit University, and it helps you understand what bad habits really are and how to conquer them in ways that stick. If you enroll now, you will get not only the whole course and bonus module, but you will get it all at the lowest price it will ever be as prices are going up in the new year. You can sign up now at aboutprogress.com slash sticky habit method. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And that's when I want them to embrace the mantra that I love you introduced to your community and you, you shared it with us the last time you were on. It's a beautiful day to do hard things. Mm. Sometimes that hard thing is not following the script. Yeah. It's setting down the goals and resolutions. Right. It's, it's getting in tune, like you said, with your values and what you want and need this year, which might just be a word of the year, Mm. or it just might need to be, I give myself two months and then I'll decide about how I'm going to have goals this year. It's giving yourself time. Right. Right. I would just add, I think it's also important to remember, and this is more about like the resolution season is January 1st is also just like a Monday. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I don't know what day it is, but like, let's just say it's also just like a Thursday. And and let's actually just take all of the emphasis of it being the day to set goals. Like it's just a Tuesday. It's like just it, a day. It doesn't have to even be a day that you set a goal. Like we could actually just wipe the whole canvas clean and say it's just a Tuesday. 
I love that you gave that example. It makes me think of the first time three or four years ago, I got, it was my first time actually moving from that place of apathy, which Mm -hmm. was for me, I'm trying to like, I'm flipping back to make sure like avoidance. Yeah. I basically was avoiding goals Mm -hmm. and improvement for years as a way to make myself feel safe with anxiety I had about not being able to meet this perfectionistic standard. Right. So I had worked on lowering the standard, Mm -hmm. having better expectations, getting in tune with who I was. So all the things you're talking about. And then I was ready. I was ready for more. I was ready to be stretched. I was ready to reach for things in ways that I had not allowed myself to for years. Mm -hmm. And I got this goal planner that was more intense and I found myself avoiding it too. Mm. But this whole history of everything you talked about kicked in. Right. And it was end of February. That was like, it's okay that I'm figuring this out now. Like I can just cross out the the first couple months and I can start now. And I officially began in March. And that alone became a revolutionary year for me because Mm -hmm. of that decision, not because of all the things I achieved that year. I don't even remember what I achieved. Right. Probably like nothing in the eyes of the world. Right. But it was, it was just that permission. Yeah. It was okay that I didn't start on time or in the Right. right way. Right. So I, I apologize for giving that long personal story, but no, I loved it. Let's, let's now speak to those people who are in that ready space. There's mm-hmm. those who are need to, the healing, right. Who need to just give themselves time and just say, we don't need to do goals or resolutions or even words of the year. Right. Let's let it go. But let's now speak to people who are ready for that more peace. They're mm-hmm. feeling more stable and regulated in other ways. Right. Just any tips for them about how they can still do this in in a wise way. Yeah. So I love the word and, right? I love the word and because when I, when you say the ones who are ready, right? Yeah. We, we usually immediately go like, let's go then, right? Like, come (laughs) on down. Let's do it. (laughs) Let's do it. Right. And yes, like, let's do it to the degree in which you have a margin and the margin's important right? Like as you go to start anything before I start anything, I go, okay, what's the margin? Do I have a margin for things not to go well? Right. Because we know we don't regulate well when we don't have a margin. Right. So I would check for that. Like, do you have a margin? Let's go. Is that, let me clarify. So it was margin. It is it, I'm sure it's based on a couple of things. Is it just like, what's my capacity right now? Mm-hmm. Or is it also like circumstance driven? Like what's my Both. time? Oh, okay. Both. Mm-hmm. For me to determine whether I have a margin to do something would be, be checking in with my body. Like, mm-hmm. do I have an energy store to, to move forward in this thing? Like, do I really know my why? Do I really know what the reason I'm, do I like my reasons for wanting to do it? Right. Cause sometimes we'll go, okay, I'll, you know, I'll learn French, you know, but it's like, do you, are you just doing that because you said one day you had to learn French by a certain (laughs) age or do you really want to, like, do you like your reason for doing it? So, so you've got to know your why, but then I will pull up the calendar and go, do I have a margin for this? Right. Like, is there a margin for if my child is sick, right? Like if, and of course that doesn't mean like 
you're always waiting for a catastrophe to happen. You just want to be really compassionate in your approach here that it's measured and it's it, it's coming from a place of stability and you, you know you've got your feet on the ground. It doesn't have to be perfect here either, right? Like we could start messy. We can start okay. messy. But I think it is important just to check in that because again, often we make goals that aren't really that realistic, right? And so that's the first piece. Like is are your goals smart goals or however you like to set goals and have you got a margin and all of that? And and the end part is are you able to have it be messy? Okay. Right? Because we don't live in a black and white, you know, real world. It's usually going to be both. And so can we embrace it with this and, you know? Mm. So here is what I do. This is 99% of the work I do is can you do it scared? Can you do the thing? Because usually we're like, I can't do that because I'm scared. It's one or the other. I'll do it if I'm not scared. I won't do it if I am scared. So we'll go, okay, you're going to do it and you're going to do it scared, right? You're going to do it and you're going to do it messy if you're a perfectionist, right? So just thinking about what your and is can be really helpful as you in, in sort of move into the new year. And that's where the nuance is. And if you can embrace the nuance, mm -hmm. you're set. Like you're so much more likely to stick to your goals and you're more likely to do it kindly. That's the ticket. like that you're emphasizing do it kindly too yeah well that compassion piece well we have let me speak to that really quick is we have research to show that self-criticism is the least motivating factor people all around the world are relying on self-criticism as a motivator and it's actually the least successful motivator it significantly increases procrastination by 80 percent right wow. So, so it's, it's not helpful. It decreases outcomes. It decreases people's ability to perform. We know this based on science of, of athletes and high achievers. So self-criticism is actually like a total buzzkill. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you've got a ball and chain. Why would you carry that on purpose? The goal here is we know self, self-compassion has way better outcomes for motivation and getting things done right? I personally call it the kind coach. Think of a basketball mm. coach who knows your strengths and knows your weaknesses. Mm. They use your strengths to motivate you and they're aware of your challenges and they, they go into cheerleading around your challenges. Yeah. So if we can be a kind coach to ourselves, that's the person who, that's how we, that's how people become high performing athletes and Olympians and, you know, performance in any field and yet we so often thought and I think still think growing <laughs> up that the it was the other way around is what no. it's like the the pure grit do it now come on don't you know that that kind of mentality is what we used to think creates progress right I, that well, statistic is amazing well and here's the thing and we're here to talk about anxiety is there is some people who do well with you know, I've had lots of clients go, 
Kimberly, I actually have a lot of evidence this worked for me. Hmm. I'm a lawyer and I beat myself up the whole way through law school and now I'm a lawyer, <laughs> you know, and I make a lot of money or whatever they say. Yeah. But here is what I say to them is we have researched that self-criticism sends a message to your brain that there's danger and then your brain sends out anxiety. So do you want to be anxious? <laughs> like, it's cool. Yeah, you got to the top of the mountain. But do you want to do life anxious? Do you want to keep sending out hormones throughout your body, like you're injecting them into your body? Is that how you want this to go? Because it does increase anxiety. And that's something I know you and I have talked about in the past too. You know, those times you are able to do the all, Mm -hmm. you know, the all or nothing model, the perfectionist model, the self-criticism model, there's a price being paid. Mm -hmm. And that's one of them. And it's pretty big and it's pretty all consuming. And I love that your work is so devoted to this and that we were able to translate it to this specific time of year in a way that is so one helpful, both deeply and practically, but also hope giving overall. This gives me a lot of hope. And as part of it, it gives me a lot of license to be curious about what I need and want this year. And that's allowed to change. Yeah. Do you have one small way listeners can begin on this if they're ready to just try any of this? What's one small way? Mm. I'm going one, I don't know if I can keep it to one. I'll do my very best. <laughs> I think that I think that the main message is what I would have you do is sit down with a piece of paper, blank, and draw a line down the middle. And on the left, just list off all of your values, even if they're silly. Like if you value fashion and you you have some judgment about that, like just still write it down. Or you value, you know, like coffee or silliness. Like I just write them all down, right? And and be non-judgmental about that. And then tr- look at the list. And on the uh, the right hand side is look at the the values that anxiety has you coming from on the right-hand side. So like we're talking about like anxieties. If, if anxiety was a little guy on our shoulder, what is his values? He's just mm. like, what are, what is fueling the anxiety? Okay. It's usually like, you know, profit or success or com- competition or whatever mm. perfection. And then just, look at it and say, which one, if I looked at these, which one, what emotions show up for me when I mm-hmm. look at the list on the left, what emotions show up on the list on the right? And then you move towards your values. It's a very, like, again, I think it's really asking yourself, what would the non-anxious me do? Hmm. That's another good mantra. I'm writing that down too. Yeah. Beautiful, Kimberly. I love that. That's a great way for them to start. And it applies to whatever part of this anxiety spectrum they're lying on and and as they come up to the new year and whatever practical steps they need to take, that is something that applies to all of them. I would love to direct people to your podcast and to your work. How about you tell people where to go? Sure. Yeah. I have a podcast called Your Anxiety Toolkit. I do, I specialize in all the real hard anxiety, right? The, the, I, I specialize as I'm a therapist, I specialize in pretty severe cases, but the podcast is mindfulness and self-compassion based. It's, you know, That's 300 amazing. episodes of just back to back, you know, this kind of conversation. So that's what it's all about. 
Incredible. And we'll also make sure we link to your Instagram as well, which has a lot of you sharing your wisdom and also this community. This community is so beautiful of people who are doing hard things. Doing hard things. I that is exactly it. We are all about doing the hard things. And I've benefited from it so much personally. And also like as a mom of kids who I am continually trying to learn more about this, even though I've dealt with anxiety in my past, not the chronic, like all consuming level that you, you often help people with the most. It's been super helpful for me. So I thank you for your work and for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. I hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants you need to grow. Before I share the progress pointers, as a reminder, I have linked to the last episode that Kimberly and I recorded for our our About Progress podcast. I think you'll really like it. These progress pointers are notes that I took so you don't have to, and I send them in a graphic form every single Wednesday. And as a reminder, if you listened to last week's episode about how to look back so you can look forward to 2023 and you're wanting that free guide I can give you, that's by signing up to the Go-Getter newsletter. And we are continuing to send that out for the next few weeks. And you can always just request it too. All right, the progress pointers are, number one, many of us feel the looming anxiety of the new year because of the pressures it brings to change, pressures that already exist year-round but are further compounded during the season. Two, things to watch for include safety behaviors like avoidance, perfectionism, people-pleasing, reassurance-seeking, and rumination. Three, if your margin is low, Give yourself permission to not make the new year about goals, resolutions, or even change. Make it about gently getting in tune with your personal values and supporting your own wants and needs. And four, if you are ready for more, get realistic about what your capacity is, get clear about your why behind certain goals you're making, and be ready to do things messy and to do them scared alongside of a whole lot of self-compassion. Your do something challenge for this week is to compare your values against fears values and decide where you want to lean in the future. If you feel like you don't know what your values are, do not fret. I have a whole episode coming for you the first week of January and I've hinted at it for months. So I'm really excited to finally get that episode out for you. And this episode will also include a ton of practical resources that will help you define your own. But I still think you can give that do something challenge a go. This is our last big episode of the year. After Thursday's growth spurt, I'm going to be taking off the last two weeks of December to focus on my family, prepare for a new baby, and also get this podcast ready to go on maternity leave. Now that means the podcast is going to stick around. I just have to prepare it all in advance. So wish me luck. Stay tuned to Thursday. Oh, and actually it's not a growth spurt episode. I was wrong. It's a final Dear Progressor of the Year which is always a favorite episode. Cannot wait to hear what you did in 2022, what you learned, experienced, and all the the great ways that you have changed, even if it's in the smallest of things. Thank you so much for listening. Now go and do something with what you learned today. In this
this interview, you'll hear you'll. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. <laughs>